us tonight to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. I see some faces out there I haven't got to meet yet. God bless you. Thanks for coming. My name is Pastor Chris. We're so glad that you're here tonight. Glory to God. Well, praise God. Tonight we're going to talk about the subject of faith. I wanted to come back to the subject of faith and believe in God. Never have Christians been on the earth where living and walking by faith is more needful and more important. As the world system continues to just crumble, as we see pervasive corruption, darkness, institutions failing, banks failing, government corruption, things gone awry, uh, systems that Americans have leaned on in the natural for, you know, decades and decades falling apart. What is a person to do? Well, not be troubled. Not be disturbed. Amen. You know, it's a, it is in one way a good thing when natural crutches are kicked out from underneath a believer. We ought not be leaning on the arm of the flesh to get by. One of my really good friends, he asked the Lord some years ago in personal fellowship. They were just, he and God were talking. I think it was God that initiated the comment by asking my friend a question. He said, do you want to know why more of my children here in America don't live by faith? He said, yeah, I'd like to know. He said, because they don't have to. They have jobs and pensions. They have credit cards. They have access to cheap money, although that's gone away with rising interest rates. Uh, they have health insurance. They have the duck, you know, they have Aflac. They don't need to walk by faith. But here's the problem with that. They don't need to walk by faith until they do. Until they face a situation in their life, and we all will, where the natural won't get her done. What are we going to do then? If we have not emphasized in our personal life, the developing of our faith. And if we are not ongoingly taking the opportunities that life, everyday life brings us to use our faith and increase our faith and produce results with our faith, if we leave our faith undeveloped, what are we going to do when we have no option but faith? Christians are going to be in a bad way. Christians are going to be in a really bad way because they have neglected to develop their faith. When they, you know, I, I see Christians all the time, they give lip service to the life of faith. And believers are quick, quick, quick to say, oh, I'm in faith. I'm in faith. Well, where's the fruit of that? When was the last time you took... God's word to him, pray to prayer in Jesus' name, and you stood and it came to pass. Now, some of you can, can give some testimony. Amen. But none of us can give enough testimony. We should be giving more. We should be able to point more. And it should be unacceptable to us as individuals to not have a regular flow of manifestations in our life where we could say, God and I did that. God and I did that. Not the sweat of my brow. 
Not my networking ability. Not my vitamins. Not my doctor. Not my surgeon. Not my physician. Me and God got that done. Our faith produced the answer. And I'm ahead on my notes, but that's okay because time goes by in these meetings so fast. You know, a lot of times believers will give lip service. Maybe they give sort of a half-hearted effort. They're going to take a stand on the Word. And then opposition comes. Difficulty comes. Uh, The manifestation isn't forthcoming right away. And what do most Christians do? They abandon their faith. And what do they do in abandoning their faith? They run back to the natural. They run back to what they really believe is their answer. The vitamin, the doctor, the credit card. Hello. Their work ethic, their ability to make money. They run to the natural. Problem with that is when we settle for only the natural, then we're living far less than how God wants us to live. And we're not living the kind of separate existence on this planet that gives God glory. Amen. I don't want to be the pastor of a faith church in name only. Amen. I want to I wanna be a church that teaches faith, preaches faith, and the people practice faith, and mountains are being moved all the time. Promises are being appropriated all the time. Victories are being attained all the time. Amen. And we, we have some of this. Don't get me wrong. I'm not rebuking anybody. Amen. Praise God. In Luke chapter, did I, what, did I tell you? 18, thank you. Luke chapter 18, verse 8. 18, verse 8. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I tell you. Now he had given a parable about judgment coming and accounting coming at the Lord's return for his people. And in verse 8 he says, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he or will he find faith on the earth? Now, Jesus could return and call the church away at any moment. At any moment, we could be caught away. Notice one of the things he said he's wondering about. He, he, he voiced this over 2,000 years ago, right? He voiced this, when I come back, will I find my people walking by faith? And it seems to indicate that there could not be very many. And people today are abandoning the faith, apostatizing the faith all the time. In, in, to tragic degrees, appalling degrees. Church attendance is pitiful all over America. Yeah. Yeah. Faith is sadly probably at a low. Amen. The Amplified says, will I find persistence in faith? Now, the translation I like the most to the truest sense of what the original Greek says is the Young's literal translation. And it says, when the Son of Man returns, will he find people in the faith? In other words, will they be holding to and living in the real, genuine McCoy, the authentic Christian way of life? 
which is living by faith. Amen. Let's advance here. We're going to turn a few scriptures, time permitting here. Go, uh, we'll be in Matthew and Mark, flipping around here for the next few minutes. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. And the Lord has been dealing with me, I believe, it's just been strong in my heart, seems to be emphasizing in my personal time, that, that this fact, that so many times in our lives, when you boil it down, and I'll tell you what the it is, the issue, you know, the, the, the thing we're dealing with. So much of the time, it's a faith issue. Everyone say it's a faith issue. See, a lot of people think they have money problems when really it's a faith issue. A lot of people think they have marriage problems when really it's a faith issue. A lot of people think they got health problems and really it's a faith issue. Amen? And we need to recognize that the vast majority of the time, it'll be a faith issue. I wanted to show you that in the Word because he's been talking to me about this. In Matthew 6, verse 25, such power-packed scriptures from the Lord Jesus. Jesus says, and I'm going to read it from the New King James. I like how it reads a little bit better. Therefore, I say unto you, do not worry about your life. Well, there's a lot of worrying going on about people's lives. He goes on and says, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. You know, God doesn't want you worrying about your body. You know, if you're worrying about your body, you're in sin. Jesus said, don't worry. If you worry, you're doing something he told you not to do. That's the definition of sin. So people think, I have to worry. I ain't got nothing to do but worry. You're sinning. Jesus said, don't do it. Don't worry about your, don't worry about my life. Don't worry about my mortgage, my health, my marriage, my family, my finances, my grocery bill, my electric bill, all this stuff going up. That's right. We're not supposed to worry about it. Amen. He said, nor about your body, what you will put on. So there he's talking about clothes. Is not life more than food? And the God didn't want you occupied with where you're next. He's got more important things for you to be thinking about than your grocery bill. Or how you're going to clothe your kids for school. These are important matters to the Lord, but He has addressed them. He cares about them. And we need to get beyond that kind of thing and focused on the higher thing. Well, what's the issue? Well, the issue is my lack of money. No, it's not. We're going to find out what the issue is. Let me keep reading. In uh, verse 26, Jesus said, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. They don't go to work. They don't clock in. They don't have 401ks. They don't have a retirement account, do they? No, they don't even have piggy banks. And look at what it says here. Yet your heavenly Father, who? The God that Rex Cody was talking about? That created the universe? You mean he's taking it upon himself as a personal responsibility to make sure the birds get fed? That's what it said. That's what it said. 
Then I love this question. He says, are you not of more, of more value than they? You know, you're better than a bird. Don't listen to the crazy environmentalist wackos out there. I like the birds too. I like the whales and the dolphins. I think everybody ought to be good and healthy and happy. Amen. Praise God. But I'm better than a bird. You're better. Say that out loud. I'm better than a bird. Well, if God takes personal responsibility to make sure the birds have food, you know, he's using me to spend ridiculous amounts of money on seed for birds to eat. He's using me to feed the birds. Yeah. How many of you got bird feeders with food in them? You spend money. That stuff, they're, caught, they're charging for that, aren't they? $26 for a bag of black seed? I won't complain anyway. Which of you, verse 27, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed or arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Now he gets to it. O ye of little faith. He didn't say, O ye who don't make enough money. He said, O ye of little faith. Jesus pointed to the real issue. It's a faith issue. Amen? How are we going to feed our families, pay our electric bills? Continue to live and thrive by faith, by emphasizing faith, by developing our faith, by using our faith on purpose and getting supernatural results. That's how. I said, that's how. Y'all need to do better saying amen. 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 Go with me to Mark's gospel. Just a few pages to the right. Chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Sister Janine, I'm sure that clock has a pause button on there. And you can just pause time for me. Okay, you're fired if you can't do it. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Jesus again. Well, we have this account. A day in the life of Jesus and his disciples. On the same day when evening had come, he said unto them, his disciples, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat where he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said unto him, Teacher, you're so faithful. You're so great. You're so powerful. I know you're going to handle this. I know you got this. No, no. Is that your Bible say something a little different? Teacher, do you not care? Notice what they did. Notice what fear motivated these disciples to do. To accuse God of not caring. When God lets a little bit of the wind get up, And he allows, he didn't bring that storm, the devil brought that storm. But God's not nervous about that kind of thing. And he allowed the disciples to get a little bit wet. 
and to experience a little bit of heat in the kitchen. And he had been with them for a good amount of time now. And still yet with God in their boat, they yielded to fear and accused God of not caring. Be very careful what fear motivates you to say. We could end up accusing God of not coming through. Accusing God of not being faithful. Accusing God of holding out on us. No. No. Is that the issue? Was that the real issue? God didn't care? No. No, we're going to, let's just keep reading. So they, he said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? That's what they believed. They believed they were dying. With God in their boat, they believed they were going down. Amen. You know, I'm not going down. I'm not going down. I'm going over. I refuse to talk failure. I refuse to talk doubt. I, re, I refuse to talk. I've done it, but I repent. Amen. And my standard is I'm not going to talk defeat. I'm not going to think defeat. I'm not going down. Others may be, but I'm not. Others may go down in defeat. I am not. My bills are getting paid. My projects are getting funded. The plan of God for my life is moving ahead. Amen. All God's promises in Chris's life are yes and amen. And I'm going to have it in Jesus name. Now you got to make your up your own mind. Praise God. And you can't just freak out and abandon the ship in fear and then accuse God of something he didn't do. Amen. So it says in verse 39, Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Ooh, he's going to put his finger on the issue. Amen. He said unto them, Why are you so fearful? Maybe I need to ask that. Maybe God's asking that of you right now in this season. Why are you so wrought up? Why are you so wound up? Why are you so anxious? I don't know if you are, but maybe you are. I mean, we're living in the last of the last of the last days. And Jesus said in the last of the last of the last days, men's hearts will fail them for fear. For things they see coming on the earth. Amen. Then he goes on and says, how is it that you have no faith? So he put his finger on the real issue. Their lack of faith. It's so many times. See, they thought they had a weather problem. They thought they had a weather problem. They thought they had a devil problem. They thought they had a drowning problem. They thought they had a God who wasn't paying attention problem. What was their real problem? Their lack of faith. So when things are going awry in your life and things are going the wrong way and you find yourself maybe of no fault of your own, they weren't doing anything wrong. They're in the will of God with the Son of God and facing storms. Amen. We must remember the issue at hand in this moment is do I have faith? What am I doing with my faith? I have a new little puppy at home with a very small bladder. And so I've been doing a lot of walking in the yard in early hours of the morning. 
my wife too. And uh, so I was, I've been doing my morning devotionals outside. Beautiful weather. Got my little puppy there and I'm walking along and I'm reading this. And I thought of something I had never thought of before. When G- I had always thought of it this way. That when Jesus, Brother David said, uh, why are you so fearful? Where is your faith? My thought was, and it's not, I don't believe it's a wrong thought. That he expected them to stand in the boat themselves and say, peace be still. And that weather would have calmed down. Just uh, That's the way I thought about it. This day I'm meditating about this. And the Lord spoke up in my heart and said, you know what, son? They didn't even wake me up and ask me for help. They could have done that. It, maybe they, they didn't stand up and say, you foul storm, you be still in the name of Jesus. I know God would have honored that. I know that's really the highest of what Jesus was looking for. I don't believe for a minute, Dakota, that Jesus was asleep. There was not a yacht with a cabin underneath. You understand? He's open air. He, he's wet too. He's getting hit with the way he's not sleeping. But he's acting, he's, he's acting asleep. He wants to find, he's one eye open. He wants to see what these boys are going to do. And God's watching you. Because you've been coming to this church and before you came, you, God's been teaching you some things. What are you going to do? Amen? When God lets life get a little bit uncomfortable, just so he could have the opportunity to use your faith. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do the next time your bill table looks tall? What are you going to do? What are you going to do the next time the doctor gives you a bad report or a pain comes up in your body or you go through a protracted season where things don't seem to be going your way? What are you going to do? Amen. You need therapy. You need counseling. You need a pill. You need a drink. No, it's a faith issue. I said it's a faith issue. So we need to be laser focused on our faith, living by faith, and learning what that means. Amen. None of us are born into the kingdom, fully developed and skillful in how to reach into the unseen realm of the Spirit and pull out healing and divine protection and deliverance. We have to learn these things. We have to develop in these things. Our children, we have three of them, they were born perfectly healthy, little humans, but they are complete. They came into this world completely. They had all the tools. They had a heart that beat. They had a brain that operated. They had 10 fingers and 10 toes. They had all the right bones in all the right places. They had all the right chrome. Thank God. But they're completely undeveloped. So once they arrive into your life, parents go on this many year long, very intentional process of helping that child develop and grow into their full potential. And we're born into the kingdom of God. You've got a spirit and you've got the measure of the God kind of faith on the inside of you. You've got the name, the blood, the word, the sword, the shield. You've got all of that. But you don't know jack squat about how to use any of it. You've got to develop. You need a church. You need a pastor. You need to be there. Amen. And you could have been in the kingdom for 50 years and remain undeveloped. It's up to you to develop your faith. Amen. Praise God.
You know, in Mark chapter 5, uh, we're right here, Mark chapter 5, verse 34. We, this is the ending verse of this account that Jesus had with the woman with the issue of blood. She dealt with this hemorrhage for 12 years. So in her mind, no doubt, she thinks she's got a medical problem. And she did. Amen. And then her medical problem produced a financial problem. She spent all she had. And she had to be a woman of substantial means in the beginning to have money to spend on every cutting-edge treatment they had back then for 12 years. But finally, the funds ran out. She's homebound. Physicians tried, but she was no better. But she hears of Jesus, leaves her house, having said and keeps on saying, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. She pressed into that crowd, touched his garment with the touch of faith. Power flowed out. Amen. You know, multitudes of humans were touching him right then, but they got nothing. Because it wasn't just mere physical contact that got the power of God to flow. You had to touch him with faith. And only one woman in the throng touched him with faith. But the moment faith touched him, power flowed, and immediately she was healed of that 12-year-old problem. Amen. And Jesus turned, having knowing that power flowed out of him. Uh, he got the woman's testimony. In verse 34, it says, Daughter, your faith. I like thy faith, your faith. Not your pastor's faith. Not your husband's faith. Not your brother's faith. Not the prayer group's faith. Your faith. Your faith has made you whole. Listen, if her individual faith in God, in what she heard, could result in her healing of something doctors couldn't fix, then your faith can get you out and your faith can heal your body. If her faith can make her whole, my faith can make me whole. But I, it's up to me though. I said, that's up to me though. See, it's a faith issue. It wasn't a doctor issue, the doctor tried. It wasn't a financial issue, money couldn't get her well. See, it's a faith issue. Yeah. We'll just quote this one, Matthew 13, 58. You could write it down. Jesus was in Nazareth and he said, Bible says about his time there, he did not many mighty works there because, okay, well, let's find out what the issue is. Of their unbelief. Amen. Well, let me ask you. Is God doing many mighty works in your life? Are you sure? I got a lot of yeses there. Some of them true. But I'm, I'm talking about faith produced miraculous things that you can point to. On a regular basis, God is doing mighty works in your life. Well, for the one person in here that might not be able to say that that's happening in their life, uh, amen, what might the issue be? Some people think, well, the issue is it's not God's time. That's not the issue. God was ready 2,000 years ago when He paid for everything. You're not waiting on God to heal you. You're not waiting on God for your breakthrough. God's just not getting joy out of watching you sweat. He's waiting on you to bring faith to the table. The issue there was unbelief. Amen. 
Matthew 17. Write this down, 15 through 20. I'll read it. Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not, they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out. See, when he spoke, something happened. Amen. And the child was cured from that very hour. Verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, we're going to find out what the issue is. Because of your unbelief. So failure to get a result in ministry is not, it must not be God's will. You read the Gospels, you'll never find that being pointed to as the issue. And yet you think about people today, they blame God. Well, if God would heal me, He would. Well, not if you don't believe. Not if you don't have faith. Our healing, our breakthrough, our deliverance, our financial miracle, amen, our divine protection, is not a matter of God deciding to say yes in the moment. It's a matter of us having faith. Well, what if we don't? We go without. We live like sinners, limited to the forces and laws of this natural realm. And I don't want to live like that because I found out I don't have to. I said I found out I don't have to. Amen? This is good news. Amen? We can live by faith in Him and live and walk in the miraculous. But we've got to See the issues of our life, they are faith issues. Well, you said, Pastor Chris, you know, even in marriage, it's a faith issue. That is right. Now, in a marriage, it takes two to tango. But if I had faith in God's love in me, and she had faith in God's love in her. Why, why couldn't any problem in the marriage be overcome? Now you can't make the other one do it. Amen? But much of the time, even it's true, marriages and relationships go right. It's a lack of faith. People abandon covenants. They leave their pastors. They jump out of relationships. They're unfaithful to their... It's a lack of faith. It's a lack of faith. Oh, we're having fun. Well, I'm going to have to skip ahead to get to this important part before I end. But we need to... When I say you, you and I, and I may not even have said it yet, we need to see the necessity of having faith and living by faith. You may think... You're getting along just fine. Not getting answers to prayer. But with every passing hour on this earth, this earth is being, it's not falling apart, it's falling into place 
for the tribulation and the Antichrist to take it. Right? You could see just a little spark and this nation fall into civil war. Society fall apart. Wouldn't take, wouldn't take much. The financial system is on the brink. Pastor, that makes me scared. I'm not trying to make you scared. Amen. But you ought to be, you ought to be uh, sober if you've not been preparing on the spiritual side then you better be a prepper and you better dig a deep hole and pour a thick wall. I'm just telling you. But I'm not, I'm not building a bunker. I'm building my faith. I said I'm building my faith. These are faith issues. When I say we must see the necessity of having faith, I mean we need to get it as a revelation. So I want to end with this. Give us this to think about. Let's go to um, 2 Corinthians. Maybe we'll close here. 2 Corinthians. Y'all okay? I feel like I'm a little intense, but I'm not, I don't, not in a bad way, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Tell you, God's been bringing me back to, to the focus of faith and living by faith. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, you're going to 2 Corinthians 13, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And really, the Greek word is satisfy. So what is going to satisfy God and His requirements? Faith. Pastor, you keep saying faith. What, is, what does that even mean? Faith is simply trusting and holding to God and what He said, no matter what your situation looks like, no matter how you feel. Faith in God's Word disregards everything the natural senses recognize and is fully convinced and assured of the unrealized promise of God in His written Word. Amen. That's what it is. And He is not pleased and He's not satisfied. We have not met the requirements until we have brought faith. God expects you, Chris, to believe Him. You know, in Numbers, He calls doubt evil. People think smoking dope, that's evil. Peddling dope, that's evil. Some people even realize, and rightly so, that gossip, that's evil. But you know what? Doubting God, not having faith in Him, is evil. And it ended up provoking judgment on those people back then. Their failure to trust Him. Amen. So, oh glory. Okay, here we are. Closing this up here. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Examine your wife. <laughs> well, Paul's on the stick back there. <laughs> That's good news for you, Sister Gloria. 
What does it say? You going to be doers of the word? Examine yourselves. About what? Are you in the faith? Now I'm sure that maybe the Corinthians, let's say the pastor at the church at Corinth, he gets this letter from Paul and he, he reads this for the first time. The Spirit of God says to the pastor at Corinth, examine yourself to see if you be in the faith. Uh, duh. You know what the Spirit of God would say? Don't assume. Don't assume. It's easy to let faith slip. So easy to slip back into leaning on the natural. Depending on yourself. Trusting in all kinds of people and things other than Him. So easy to do. Let me find this in my notes here. I love the amplified translation of this. The amplified says, examine, test, and evaluate your own selves to see whether you are holding to your faith. I love how it ends. And showing the proper fruits of it. So it's easy to self-evaluate and give ourselves a quick A++. But don't just do that. I'm not saying look for something to beat yourself up about. I'm not saying that. I'm quoting the word. Is your faith in God for finances producing the proper fruit? Or all you, or all you leaning on is your paycheck that you make with your natural self? When was the last time money came your way beyond your labor and your check? Can you use your faith in God for provision with no paycheck? I'm not saying go quit your job and try it. I'm just saying, <laughs> amen. God blesses us with avenues, but we don't trust in avenues. I would dare say most people are trusting in their paycheck. It's not because we're evil, it's just because it's easy to do that. Not a lot of challenge to do that. But I'm saying challenge yourself. You see, because COVID may be pretty much over, but that's just a little mini dress rehearsal for the plagues that are going to spill out on planet Earth. And when people start bleeding out of their eyes and their ears, and the doctors have no, no way to help you, have you, will you come to that moment, God forbid, with a abandoned, neglected faith in healing? Or a highly developed, sharpened, robust, ready faith for that moment in time? See, it matters what we do right now. Wigglesworth said it this way. If you wait to get faith until you need faith, you're going to most often find that you've come too late. So the next time a little pain comes up, don't run the doctor over a little pain. That's an opportunity. You're not dying. 
I said, you're not dying. Don't listen to the devil. Oh, my God, I'm falling apart. Stop, stop talking like that. Where's your faith? Use your faith to get that pain out of your body. Use your faith. Don't burn that word off. Speak to it. It's just so easy to go down to Walmart and get the fire and burn it off or whatever. Pull your pocket knife out, whatever. Speak to it. If you can't, listen, this is an, if you can't speak to a wart and watch it leave, what makes you think you could get a malignant tumor out of your body with your face? We need to be sober about this stuff. Have you run off a headache, a pain, a, a bump, a lump, a, an anything, a little inconvenient thing in your body with your faith? Well, then don't think that because you come to this church and hear faith every now and then that you're ready for cancer to attack your body, that you're ready for diabetes, that you're ready for a really serious thing. You need to feed your faith right now. Get to the bookstore. Fill your eyes, your ears, your mouth with things that are going to feed your faith. Amen. I love this in the Amplified. Examine and taste, test and evaluate yourself, not your neighbor, yourself. Are you holding to your faith or did you let go of it? Your dream, your calling, your assignment. Did you get after it for two weeks with your faith, but then nothing happened, you let go of it? Pick it back up. What are you doing with your saying list that you were excited about in January? Pick that thing back up. Put some new stuff on it. Amen? Because it will encourage you. When you write the vision and you've got the scripture and you and your husband or whoever and you join your faith and it came to pass, glory to God. You just, it's not a pride thing, but it, it builds confidence. I used my faith he gave me. I stood on his word and it came to pass. I'm ready for the next battle. I'm ready for the next level. I'm ready for the next thing I'm going to believe God for. And then you can begin actually coming to your church with some faith to spare, to lend to your pastor's vision. Amen? I don't want to get into that. Praise God, I'll save that for Saturday. <laughs> the message paraphrase of this verse says it this way, test yourselves to make sure you're solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Don't. That's, see, it's just human nature. It's just easy to do. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, start over. Monday, Tuesday, and drift along. In the last cycle of Monday, Tuesday, how many sermons did you listen to? What book are you reading? What scriptures are you meditating on? What's in your mouth about your finances, your family, your marriage, your Anything good or are you just griping, moaning, whining, complaining, and asking questions? That's why you're defeated. So it says, don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourself regular checkups. See, he means spiritual checkups. So I wanted to just close with this thought. If, if don't just give lip service and half-hearted effort to the idea of really living your life by faith in God. Commit to it. Pick an area of your life where you got an issue and say, here's, here's an opportunity for me to work my faith. 
and be intentional about it. See, here's this wonderful thing. If you'll be wholehearted and sincere about that, here's what's going to happen. Most of us, there's a reason why our faith isn't producing the answer. Why the answer is not coming. Why the breakthrough, the healing, the finances are not flowing. Right? So if you're really committed to figuring this out, you'll say, hmm, I prayed that prayer plenty of times gone by. I don't believe it's a matter of timing. What's the hiccup? You know what you're going to have to do? Something, something profound. You're going to have to go and talk to God about your faith. You say, you know, God, I sowed that seed. I'm a tither and a giver. But I haven't seen any increase in a long time. I've been claiming it, naming it, binding and loosening sending the angels, rejoicing, running around the church like pastor told me to, and nothing is happening. And this is, don't, you shouldn't be, this is the way it goes. And then this, this is going to be amazing. As you talk to God about that and you read your Bible and you're looking and you're listening, you're sincere, you're committed. I'm going to do what I got to do to get my faith to work. Then up from within you, God might say, well, daughter, you are, I want you to think about this relationship over here. You're not walking in love. And you might sing the song, What's love got to do with it? Got to do with it. Right? But spiritually, this is where, see, we're very bad at connecting the dots. But what has love got to do with my, my, my prayer over these finances? Everything. I think it's Galatians 4. 6, 4, 4, 6, around that neighborhood, says, faith worketh by love. Better word there would be operates. Faith operates or is made effectual by love. And in your time with God, you might go, really? Yeah, change your attitude. Get in love in that relationship. Okay. You make the change. Then all of a sudden, the breakthrough comes up. And you go, ah, ah. So see, what has happened? Your, your sincere commitment, I'm going to stay with it until I see my faith produce results. Here's what's going to happen. Number one, your walk with God is going to improve. Your relationship with God is going to get better. You're going to get closer to Him. You're going to begin to hear from Him in a way you hadn't before because you hadn't sought Him in this way before. Your relationship with Him is going to improve. Your ability to hear from Him and be led by Him will improve. Then, I love this, I'm almost done. Think about it, stay with me. Making these changes as God deals with you, your spiritual life is going to begin to be put in order. And that's, it's going to have, oh my, oh. It's not only going to make your faith effective, it's going to invoke blessing on your life that you can't quantify. Number one, let's say, go back to that love issue. Well, love is the greatest commandment. You were in disobedience, but now you're not. And disobedience and sin opens up the door to the devil. Now you got that shut. He can't access your life the same way. And the only reason you got to this tweak and adjustment was 
you're standing in faith. It wasn't working. You're talking to God about why it's not working. He's helping you make changes that are specific and individual to you. And this becomes your mode of operandi. This is you and God walking and living together. And you're not going to be a black belt at faith overnight. But I'm telling you, He'll work with you where you are. He won't put more on you than you can handle. Amen? But see, as you make the tweaks and changes, He he might say, well, honey, I know you're expecting me to do this for you. You haven't made one confession in two weeks about that. And faith works by words. Ah, okay, so you're saying I need to pick up my confession. That's what I'm saying. And so you do that. He might say, You are living in total disobedience in your direction, in your life, and I can't bless you. I know you're in faith about this, but you're standing on the ground of disobedience, honey. I can't. You're going to have to make this change. Gotcha. And then you make the change. And see, your life begins to be put in divine order, and your faith will work. Your confidence will grow. And there won't be any situation in life that you're afraid of. Because it's not just you and your church getting things done for you. It's not the prayer team getting the answer for you. It's you, it's the woman with your, Jesus looked at her. He didn't look at her and say, you're lucky you got that prayer group. And thank God for the prayer group. A lot of people would be dead if it wasn't for the prayer group. But he was able to point at her, right Faith? And say, daughter, your faith in me has made you whole. Go in peace. I would have said, have a great day. Go in in peace. Be healed of your plague. Amen. Amen. So if you haven't, if if you've gotten away at all from thinking about believing God and faith, go back to it. Amen? And and where do I start? Examine yourself. Are you in faith in the key areas of your life? And I can tell you whether you are or not by this. Are you saying what God has said about those areas? If you're not saying what God has said about your body, you're not in faith about your body. Amen? If you're not saying what God has said about your finances then you're not in faith about your finances. If you're not meditating on His Word in these areas, you're not in faith. Well, I saw that 20 years ago and I agreed with it. That doesn't mean you're in faith today. I had lucky charms 20 years ago. But that doesn't mean I got lucky charms today. Don't knock the lucky charms, man. Amen. Why don't we stand up? You've been sitting a little while. Thank you for staying with me tonight. Faith is what? The victory that overcomes the world. There's nothing about these last days that we need to be fearful about if we have faith in Him developed. Praise God. Father, I just stretch my hand out.